Hello and welcome back to Sleeve Notes by the Lunar Collective. This is the podcast where we get your favourite musicians on to chat to us about new releases, their biggest inspirations, touring, all of the behind the scenes gossip and everything else in between. Today I was joined by Kate who is Canadian born and currently London based. She's a pop singer who has racked up 10 million overall listeners on Spotify since her debut single in 2019. She's performed at festivals like Barn on the Farm and Kendall Calling. I love her music. It's so fun and vibrant. The lyrics are intimate and intricate. They're personal yet universal. And it was a real joy talking to her. We talk about dating, her new music, festival season, moving from Canada, um, why UK crowds are apparently the best crowds ever, um, and everything else in between. And I really, really love this interview. Kate is such a lovely, shining person. And yeah, if you're looking for a new pop girly to listen to, Kate is Kate is the one for you. So enjoy. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm great. Nice to meet you though. Nice to meet you. What's in your mug? I've got I've got a coffee. Oh my god, great. Um I have a I have a tea this morning because I ran out of coffee. Nice. How I'm trying to drink less caffeine. Oh, how come? I just get these random headaches, but I'm like you know, I like convince myself it's something and then I'll cut out that whole thing and then and then it won't be that something and then I'll just cut out the one piece of joy of the day. <laughs> but I've been drinking a lot of tea. So British. How's your week been? What have you been up to? Well, it's only Tuesday, but still. Yeah, good. We went to Belladrum. It was kind of like a crazy weekend. We went to um, Belladrum and then Kendall Calling on Sunday. So I'm a bit tired, <laughs> but it was really fun. Just yeah. long, long, like I knew the weekend was going to be kind of cracky, um, <laughs> like because it was like we would wake up and then go to Inverness, which is like so far away, so fun. And then same with like District, it was like a six hour drive, um, but it was fun. It was well, good. How do you keep yeah. yourself occupied on those drives? Because they're, so, they're so long. Great question. Right. Beautiful question. I don't know. I think we split it up, which was pretty good. So um like I got myself to like an hour away and then they picked me up and it was four and a half hours and then we'll have like enrichment time (laughs) where we'll all go on our phones and then and then I don't know my band's really funny I shouldn't admit that because they'll have a complex about it but um I've toured with these two guys Tommy and Ollie um and we get along really well which is really nice so I don't know I guess like time goes but on the way back it was definitely a bit more of a struggle we were all kind of like sleeping and yeah but it was good yeah how's your festival season going are you enjoying it oh my god it's so fun yeah I love festivals here because like it's so different and like I guess like Canada has festivals but it's not the same scene as like the UK like festivals um and I love it my first one was Barn on the Farm and I just love Barn on the Farm yeah it's good I haven't played too many yet this is my third or fourth this year um and I have a few more but then I'm done. So I'm only playing like about six or seven, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Have you seen anyone else perform at these festivals that you've really like loved their set? Oh my God. Um, I saw Holly Humberstone, which is so cool. Um, I missed Bleachers, which was really sad at, um, sorry, I saw Holly Humberstone last year, but I missed her this year because I went home to Canada and I was really sad about it. Um, oh, I also miss. Natalie Imbruglia you know the torn girl she yeah. was playing she was playing on the same day but I was in soundcheck but I heard her so that was really cool 
Um, but yeah, I don't know who else have I seen. Um, like this artist called Bear and Dylan, which was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. What's kind of the main difference between Canadian and British crowds? Because I'm always really interested because I feel like everyone has this thing about UK crowds and they're like, they're so different. They're so different. But like, how? How are we so different from Canadian or, or any other crowds? I think they're just more feral in like a really good way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because I was thinking about it, I was like, Canadian crowds are so great. Like, obviously I'm from there, so I'm really biased, but I haven't played a lot of big shows there. But like, even just playing even just like pub shows and stuff it's like and like bar like I feel like Canadian crowds are a bit more like not respectful that's probably the bad word but you know what I mean like like Can Canadians to their core have a lot of shame and I guess like Brits but like apparently like I went to a show in Nashville and it was sick but like somebody did like an all too well Taylor Swift cover yeah and it was Ross and Kelly and nobody went ballistic like everyone was like yeah but I was like where is everyone like screaming like if that was the UK everyone would have been like like screaming and I think that's the difference I think like UK crowds just get a bit more feral in a really fun way yeah have you know it's more interactive I think yeah yeah definitely have you noticed any other sort of cultural differences because obviously you're Canadian and you moved over have you noticed any kind of out and about in your daily life any cultural differences that you're like oh this functions so differently in the UK oh um mm, I guess just like the like the way like you say something you know what I mean like it's like wellies here but it's rubber boots in Canada um, you know what I mean and then all my friends will kind of like make fun of me but it's good. I'm a friend. I'm friends with a lot of like Australians and people from like different countries here, which is kind of funny. So not all my friends are British, but, but yeah. And then I guess like I have to drive everywhere in Canada and I don't drive here. So I guess that's like one of the biggest things. Um, but yeah, I love it. I've lived here for three years now. It's been a, it's been fun. <laughs> yeah. How come you moved over in the first place? What kind of triggered that move? Um, I, what was I doing? I was thinking about moving. I was going to LA a bit and then it's really difficult to get a US visa. And I came over here, like it's so expensive. And so I came over here um, and I was just in LA to see friends and stuff. And I was just like, oh, this is really cool. Uh, maybe I'll move here. And then I looked into getting a visa and it was so expensive and like just a long process. And then I went to the UK like that September on like a classic like after grad trip with my friend. Um, and then somebody told me while I was here, they're like, you can live here for like two years and get a visa immediately. And I was like, cool. Um, and I was writing for this guy, Kean at the time. And so I was like, oh, that would, that would actually work. I could write for other people and then do my project later. Um, and then I ended up moving and being COVID like in six weeks. And so I just released my project like in COVID. But yeah, I'm really glad I moved here. But it's yeah. kind of a fluke. I was only going to live here for like six months. Whoa. I think yeah me and my friend Tessa moved together I met her like two weeks before like two weeks before I like went to England and I got back and I was like you should move with me because she was spending time in Nashville so I was like you should move with me um and she did because she's insane and then yeah we ended up staying we're both still here which is cool wow. 
So how yeah. have you released your first solo project during lockdown? Because you talk about how you were writing for other people. What kind of yeah. how did COVID kind of impact you releasing that for you for yourself? Your own I guess, yeah, I guess it was just because I was writing all these songs and then I ended up having a massive folder of them. And then my roommate got like a distribution deal where they basically like finance, like they pay for you to record these songs and that's kind of like it. Um, and it's like, you know, it's just like a, it's not like a record deal. It's just like a little bit of funding and he got one. And then his A&R there, um, she was like, would you like one as well? And I was like, oh, cool. She's like, I love your music. So I was like, oh my goodness, cool. And then, because before I just like, I just thought being an artist, which I was right, like is very expensive. So I was kind of hoping to like build up my creds, you know, make some money, <laughs> silly, and then put out my stuff. And um, it just worked out kind of that way, which was really cool. So I was able to make my first EP with my roommate and my like Kian produced it. Tessa and I wrote a lot of it and Kian wrote some as well. And then I just put it out, which was really fun. And there was no pressure because it was COVID and like all the songs came out. I think like summer of COVID, which was just really like fun. It was some, it was a really good distraction. Yeah. But yeah. Was there like a specific moment where you decided you were going to kind of be a full-time artist? Because I know a lot of people are like, oh, I could do it, but I need bill, I need to pay bills. And, you know, there's a lot of stresses that come with it. So was there yeah. a moment where you were like, no, we're just going to do it. We're going to do it full-time and we're going to see what happens. Oh yeah. I've always, I like, I've really always wanted to be a full-time artist. I think, I just had a few experience that like a few experiences that like burned me from it in, a, in like a few ways just being in bands in high school and like doing that and I was like oh maybe I just had more luck at the time writing for other people I was like maybe I'm better at this and then when I was able to like put out my own music and then the feeling I got from that I was like yeah this is obviously like what I want to do full-time um so I guess it was just through putting out music and doing shows I was like yeah this is good and it was I think it was good for me to kind of lie to myself in the beginning and say I wasn't going to be a full-time artist because <laughs> then it like took the pressure off of it um but yeah definitely I still would love to write for other people now um but I'm just focusing a bit more on my stuff but maybe eventually I'll go back to that yeah what's kind of the yeah. biggest thing you've learned about yourself since becoming a full-time artist like what's the thing that you have since you've gone full-time, what's the thing that you're kind of like, oh, I didn't know that about myself. I didn't know that that's how I functioned. Oh, that's such a good question. Ooh, I, yeah, that's a great question. I always, I feel like this is something with musicians that's like everyone, but I feel like I used to pride myself on like not needing a schedule and like just being like, I'll do all this and I never get tired and like this happens and then something happened within me <laughs> this year where I was like I am tired for the first time in my entire life like <laughs> I couldn't do that so I think it's just more like I need I need a schedule or else I go insane and that's so boring um but I think that's kind of what I've learned about myself like I need to like I need to be doing stuff all the time but it needs to be like scheduled out <laughs> um like even because like shows are so like crazy um where this weekend you know it's going to like an airport at 3 a.m and then you sleep at a hotel and then you wake up at 10 and then you know your wake up times and go to bedtimes are so different so I'm basically an old woman I need a schedule <laughs> <laughs> how do you kind of cope with burnout though because obviously at this stage of your kind of music career 
you have to like you say do all of these shows that come and you can't really pick and shoot well I don't know but you kind of have to yeah. do as much as you can so how do you yeah. save yourself from any burnout oh that's a great question um I don't know I, don't, <laughs> I, I think <laughs> I go home to Canada when I'm really burnt out like when I feel really like to my core that I'm you know like um my friend Jenny um just we have this thing called quitmas it's like Christmas but for quitting and we're allowed to say to ourselves like one like maybe twice a year that it's quitmas and then we're like is like how's your day I'm like it's quitmas and then we have a whole day of pretending like we're quitting music but we're actually not (laughs) um I guess it's just I need to sleep more and I think it's I'm really bad at spending time alone so I feel like whenever I do that it helps my burnout um, but it's hard because, you know, I need to get better at like not comparing myself to other people and, you know, doing that because I feel like that's like, kind of the root of all burnouts and stuff mm-hmm. is when like you're doing so much, but you're like, I could be doing more. <laughs> but I think yeah. every artist has that. Yeah, I think it's hard with, like you said, with any artist because it takes so much self-belief. Like you yeah. have to wake up every day and be like, no, I'm doing really yeah. well my music's good it's all good how do you kind of maintain that sort of self-belief because it, it must be exhausting oh, yeah the self-belief thing I think I really struggled with that and I still do like I really there's something about you know like going in a car and somebody playing your song and you being like yeah this is good and then I have such a problem with that like if anyone plays my music at any time I'm like it's shit it's shit turn it off and a few of my friends are like you need to stop doing that because um it's just not like eventually you say it so many times and then you believe it um and I do I think like the biggest point of like I when I believe in myself is when I'm writing new music because I I, like I know I can write so when I'm in a room working with other people because I do a lot of co-writing that's kind of how I have you know that's when I have the most self-belief but and the shows now that there's other people involved I'm like cool like you bought a ticket that is the most flattering thing ever that you spent your money on me so I can't be thinking that I'm like shit <laughs> because if if you bought a ticket for me then I can't be shit because then I'm insulting your music taste <laughs> um but it's hard um but yeah I guess I'm still like learning that yeah what's um do you still get nervous when you go on tour do you still get nervous before you go on stage Yes and no. There's just the shows that I get nervous for always surprise me, like really always surprise me. Um, And it doesn't matter about the like capacity or like who I'm playing to. It just always depends. Like I get really nervous playing in front of like really small crowds because I'm like, oh, I have to make eye contact with everyone. Um, And yeah, I don't know. It just I I do, though. Yeah. So I do. Yeah. Yeah. So new music wise, you just released a single, you've kind of got this disco infused song that's just come out. How did kind of the writing process for that happen? Why have we gone a little bit disco? T- tell me all. <laughs> oh man, I was listening so much to Alipa. And then <laughs> I <laughs> and then my friend went through a really bad breakup and she I really wanted to like send her a song to make her feel better. And I was going through all my demos, I was like, man I have no like fuck my ex-boyfriend songs like I have no like I have no bet you'll want me songs like at all and then me and my friend Nav and Josh went into the studio that day and then 
I was like, we need to write something fun because I need something for the like girls to sing at the shows that's like not like I miss you (laughs) (laughs) or you didn't want me. Um, And then the disco thing kind of happened like it it originally was just a guitar. It was like and then it had the whole vocal over it and that's it. And then I took it to Carl Frederick, who's um, this amazing producer. Um, and he is like kind of disco-y and stuff. Um, and he did it up, which was really cool. And I was like, he put real like real strings in it. Like you guys friend to play strings. So that was really cool. Yeah, because you play guitar, don't you? So when did you first kind of pick up the guitar and what kind of drove that decision? Yeah, I, I started playing piano when I was like four. My mom like shoved me in lessons. <laughs> and then... I was, I don't know, I just saw all these like boys like playing electric guitar and I was like, oh, that'd be fun. And then I went in and knew they were like, your acoustics more better for you. And I was like, <laughs> okay. I was like, is it because I'm eight and I'm a girl? <laughs> and then and then I, I fell in love with guitar. Um, I had this amazing um, guitar teacher, Brett, who passed away, but he's he was like, he taught me how to write songs in the beginning. And like, yeah, he was just so nice to me. And I just, I just, he showed me Casey Musgraves for the first time when I was like 10 and Miranda Lambert. So yeah, I, I just fell in love with guitar and Taylor Swift. I was like, there's not a lot of piano on these songs. <laughs> What's your favorite Taylor Swift album? Oh my God. I think it's red. I've been thinking about this recently. I think it's red and then 1989 yeah. and then fearless or something, but it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. What's yours? Uh, I'm a 1989 girl. I was kind yeah, of, I, I was kind of like iffy about it, but then I've just been like listening to it on repeat recently, and I was like, no. I know. I think 1989 would be my favorite album if it was like sung by anyone else. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. as in, like that's an album that anyone could sing, and I'd be like, yes. But Red is so Taylor Swift. Yeah. But, like, you know what I mean? And and 1989 still like right there with Red. But Red, I think it hit me at the perfect time. I was like 12. <laughs> and like going through my first like you know what I mean like he doesn't like me <laughs> situation I was like ah yes <laughs> treacherous <laughs> that's the perfect song for me right now <laughs> and like oh yeah that's so good yeah because you talk about Taylor Swift and Casey Musgraves and all of these kind of amazing women who have inspired your music how do you think they've sort of shaped your music and why why do they kind of stand as such inspirations for you Oh my God. I just love them. I just idolize them so much. Like I listened to Casey, like, and also all of them have played like such an integral part to like my whole life, which sounds actually crazy. But (laughs) like, I remember like Casey Musgraves is like one of the first reasons I started writing music. Um, Cause I heard like follow your arrow and like Mary go round. And I was just like this, like same trailer, different park song. So I was like, this is amazing. Um, And then also like, it's these women who've like stayed relevant in my life for so many years. And then when Golden Hour came out, I was 19 and I just moved to Vancouver. And I just remember being in Stanley Park, like playing that album in my car. And I was like, this is the best album ever. (laughs) Um, And I just, I think it's just, I was like, I just need to write something that makes somebody feel like this right now. Um, And like, I felt the same way about like Dolly Parton when I was like a kid um and like Taylor Swift and Miley Cyrus I was like wow this like this is exactly how I feel (laughs) because I feel like all all of those women like including you create songs that people can dance to but lyrically they're 
they're tough like they hit you hard <laughs> are, those, are those really cathartic to write kind of is it really strange writing about like something really depressing and then it comes out and you see the crowds and everyone's like Woo. Yeah, girlfriend was a really funny experience on Sunday. I was like, he says he wants a girlfriend. It's like, God, like really the, yeah, I don't know. I just find, like, I also am obsessed with Muna mm. and Muna do that so well. Like the sad songs you can dance to, it's so good. And like, I just, I don't know if it's a bit like psycho, but I just, I need something to hurt in my happy songs. Like I need something to like, you know, a bit. I don't know just cut a bit more I think it's I don't know I think like girls have that right like a lot of my like like my brother he doesn't need that <laughs> like he talks about he's like why do you like and like you know guys that I've been dating like or seen they just like why do you like need all these songs to like hurt a bit why can't like you write or listen to just a happy song I'm like because life is more complex <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I just need something to like push the knife in and twist a bit <laughs> Yeah. Are they really cathartic to perform as well? Is it really kind of like yeah. you sit on stage and you're like, you know what, this is my song, so past people, like, is it really cathartic? Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, totally. Because I, once it's performed, it's like out of my hands, it feels, which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's like not mine anymore. And in a good way, I'm like, okay, these feelings are out there and now they will not be addressed in my brain again yeah um, it's really cathartic yeah what's kind of your favorite and least favorite thing about the songwriting process would you say oh that's a good question um my favorite thing is when there's like something really special which I feel like I always put pressure on myself to have every time but when you go into a room and you have no idea what you're gonna write about and then the three of you come up with something that like you've never put words to before that's my favorite like most like you just feel like I'm like that's the moment when I'm like okay I'm doing the right job I'm not awful at it <laughs> and then you know like collaborating is my favorite part um and my least favorite part um I guess I I don't know I get writer's block a bit like sometimes if I'm feeling like whack uh and doing sessions when you feel like that or with really new people sometimes is always a bit daunting. Like the feeling before that session is always um, my least favorite. Cause then you're just like, Oh, what am I going to do today? And yeah. Um, yeah. The self doubt, but you know, I think I listen to a lot of podcasts with songwriters. So that always like helps me um, because I'm like, if Amy Allen is having bad days songwriting, I'm like, it's okay. It must be quite a unique experience, though, going into a songwriting session with new people because the things you're writing about are your own experiences and they're really personal. So what's that kind of like walking into a room full of people you don't know and you're like, so this is about my ex-boyfriend? <laughs> is it really? Yeah, funny? I think like I've I've been really lucky, like 95 like percent of the time. It's a really fun experience because I, I tend to overshare. So sometimes that's met with like oh perfect we can write a song out of this which is kind of the way like I need to start songs is to kind of just spew out a lot of shit and then you know someone in the room and me refine it like refine the shit <laughs> um but it's sometimes hard I've found like I've had weeks and it was what especially when I've been first like starting writing and stuff where you know if someone is in the room has like 
I don't know, an idea of themselves of like, you know, being a bit better than you or being a bit older. Or like sometimes it happens with like, you know, like not all, I work with a lot of men and I mm -hmm. love them, but sometimes it happens with like older men producers that like when I was little, they just wouldn't believe me, you know? And, and I would like say something about my life and you feel really judged. And I, and then I, even then you're like, I'm exaggerating because yeah. we need to write a song today and we need to do something. So I think I find it hard when, if you ever feel judgment in a room, it just shuts down everything. So I guess that's my least favorite or like the hardest part about writing with new people is you never know, but I am very lucky. And I work with a lot of like, like bros who are like awesome. Like Joe Rubel, he's just, you know, he's a girly. We can talk all day. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a very, very, very rare situation that that happens, but it does, you know. Yeah. It's not fun, but yeah. Yeah. Are you a perfectionist when it comes to songwriting? Just I used to be, but now I'm getting less of one. I think I am a perfectionist in some ways, but then also in some ways I'm like, it's, you know, I just, I'm, I have to remind myself that I'm not saving lives. I'm just putting out music. <laughs> so I'm like, nobody's going to care if this kick drum is not exactly how I want it. So I've I've gotten better with that recently. But there's some things I won't like, you know, I've had to like let go. Like I'm really, I'm a perfectionist on visuals and like there's certain things that I'm like, I actually just have to let it go unless I'm going to direct things myself, like got to let it go. Um, and it's been for the better, which is nice to like hand over that control. But yeah. Yeah. Do you think you would ever want to direct your kind of own music videos and things like that? Or is that kind of too much pressure? My God, I'd love to once I have more experience, because right now I'm like, I just, I'm, maybe if I met like a collaborator that I'm like, you know, or like, um, or be like someone to film it, um, like a production studio that I'm like, yeah, that could feel like I do it. But right now I'm like, I don't have enough experience. So, um, but I would love to in the future. I think it'd be really fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have like really, sometimes it's hard because I have really clear visuals for certain songs. And then for other ones, I'm like, I see nothing. <laughs> so I would love to direct the ones that I know exactly what. I like want to do with them yeah how do you feel when you kind of put a new song or a new music video or anything like that out into the world kind of how how do you feel when you suddenly see that on your Spotify that you wrote a year ago or you see it on YouTube oh my god um I find the visuals like music videos freak me out and like I, they just really freak me out and every single time they come out I hate them for like two weeks and then I'm like actually it's okay <laughs> like the ruined one having to see myself kiss someone I was like that is ugh. um so <laughs> when that came out I was like gross but um now I love it I love that video I think it's just getting over when it's so like recent I'm like oh I remember how I was feeling that day and you know what I mean like and then I'm just like oh but now I love that music video like yeah. it's one of my I think it's my favorite one yeah but yeah how do you feel about being in front of the camera is it is it kind of a bit strange like everyone oh. you and you're like I've got to act <laughs> what I know I think I love doing artwork I love doing like photo shoots with my friends because I have this amazing friend like Hattie who does pictures for like Black Honey and like and then I met her through a shoot and ever since then, I'm like, me and you, girl. I'm like, I'm only going to be taken by you. Um, and I know a few people, like her friends and my friend Soph as well. So that I love doing shoots with because it's fun and it's like 
you know, and like um, my friend Katie. So I've been really lucky to be friends with photographers, but I find if I'm not, it really like, it kind of, unless they're like really warm and it just is a scarier experience. Um, but music videos, yeah, a bit more scary because there's so many people looking at you. Like 30 people in a room watching you like lip sync and like dance. And I'm like, oh God, oh God. <laughs> but yeah. Um, What's kind of your relationship like to social media? Because obviously, you know, for better or for worse, a lot of new musicians and things like that come out of things like TikTok and Instagram. So what's kind of your relationship like to it? Do you, do you like it? Do you loathe it? What? hate it Mm. um I like it I think I need to spend less time on it but I do like it I think when TikTok is going well I'm like I love it and then when you post things I think it definitely does have a really big um impact on my brain so I'd like eventually to be at a point where it doesn't do that but it's hard because when TikTok yeah when TikTok's going well it's like the best thing in the world but if like your videos aren't doing the same as like a year ago, it's like the worst thing ever. Um, and I'm excited that hopefully eventually it comes to a time where like TikTok is like a tool, but it's not like the music industry where I think now it's like, it's so much of like how your music does. Yeah. So, you know, like I don't really like, yeah, like unless it's on TikTok or, or like really pushed by the radio if you're huge, like it's hard to, like step up and everything but then I find some of my favorite artists on there and like or some artists that I've loved for forever like no Kahan it's like having a moment so I'm like oh I love TikTok for this reason because he deserved like he's just so cool like I I've, I've went to his show when I was like 17 and I'm like he's so good um that's so cool for that yeah do you find yourself like watching numbers a lot because I feel yeah. like it's so easy to get consumed by like followers and likes and views and things like this and obviously people like musicians are already watching their numbers on Spotify and things like that so kind of do you find that that really impacts your brain yeah totally I think I try if I post something I usually like turn my like I'll try and like not go on my phone after it's posted but it's hard like you value things or like I've like I need to stop but I have stopped but I used to like value my songs and how well they would do on TikTok so if like I posted the first video and people didn't freak out I was like oh this is not a good song which is so hard because you could spend the whole year loving it and then the second you post it it's like its value is just like which is it's just awful but I try not to do that anymore like bass songs I release off of like TikTok but if some in a good way if something that I wouldn't have released like can't wait to be pretty I wasn't gonna release and then it did well on TikTok and so I was like okay cool now I'll put it out but it's hard the numbers thing I need to turn off like the how you can see how many people have liked it on Instagram I need to do that yeah and you've got a tour coming up in October how are you feeling yeah. about it? Or how is have you been like prepping for it? Things like that. How 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 are you feeling about the tour? Oh my god, so good. I'm so excited. Um, so we've started planning because it's a whole new show. Cause if you've been like if anyone's been to my shows in the past like year, we've had like the same opening and you know, like usually we close on a certain song and we're changing up the entire show. And it's going to be like, yeah, I'm so excited. I think it's going to be, yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be so fun. Yeah. Yeah. And new songs, like a lot of new songs compared to last year's tour. Like I think like six or seven. So that'll be really fun. Yeah. If you ever play 
sort of unreleased things is that is that really nerve-wracking because like you've got a crowd of people in front of you and they're sort of like judging the song as you're playing yeah or is it like a really exciting thing I love it because I used to do that so much when I was doing corporate shows Hmm. so I would like sneak my song into like corporate stuff and um and in the beginning all I was playing was unreleased stuff so I love it I think it's a bit more daunting now but I think I'm definitely gonna play and I'm really swim in the fall um but I have like I'll have more songs out by then which is exciting so it'll be like quite a few new ones which is good do you have any pre-show rituals oh mm, I warm up and we'll usually listen to like a show playlist um but yeah and then we do a little chant and that's kind of it but yeah what's your kind of favorite and least favorite thing about touring because I feel like everyone kind of says I love touring it's amazing and then I talk to musicians and they're like yeah you spend 17 hours a day in a car and like yeah love. so what's kind of the reality of touring what's your favorite and least favorite bit oh my favorite bit is like meeting people after the shows which is so fun because I'm like I'm not huge so I can meet kind of a lot of people after my shows like I'll spend a good few hours at the merch booth like which is great if the venue allows me um and so yeah that's my favorite part and least favorite um I did when I went on the Maisie tour uh we went in a bus which was sick so I was like oh my god touring is gonna be a breeze when I get to this level um but right now because I don't have a tour bus um the driving is is really hard because like on a tour bus which I just I just didn't even clock like you do your show and then you go to bed in the bunks and you just wake up in the new city at like 9 a.m and then you have a whole day just to spend by yourself you can go to the gym where the tours I'm doing right now are like drive six hours play a show the second you get there like stay after and then you drive like you go drive a few hours halfway to your next show stay in a hotel wake up drive four hours and it's just there's no like stopping there's no like sleeping like a good sleep so I guess that's the least favorite is spending like 10 hours in a bus or like in a you know in like a van and stuff but it's still fun but I'm excited hopefully one day I can have a tour bus yeah how was the Maisie tour because you and Maisie know each other don't you so was it really fun yeah oh it was so fun we lived together and which was really cute because I didn't even know she was gonna take me on tour which is very cute and then my um my two dudes Tommy and Ollie that I play with are best friends with Joel and her band so they've known each other for years, like playing in bands. Um, so when the tour came up, it was just like me, Maisie, Tina. So like, it was so fun that like the girls were friends. And then it was like so funny, girls and boys. But then like the boys were friends. Like it just felt really like nice and wholesome and everyone was really happy. And it was, it was so nice. It was dream tour. <laughs> yeah. What's it like kind of supporting someone? Is it kind of strange because they're not your own crowds or is it really exciting and you feel like you've got a bit more freedom with it? Uh, I think I just had a really like as in the Maisie tour was just such an unrealistic experience for what a support tour is um, because I was so lucky like her fans are insane in the best way and they like a lot of them knew my music because like they looked it up or I don't know if they knew it before so it didn't feel like you're singing to people who don't know your music like there was like most of the time it was like you know maybe a third or half the audience like knew my song so they were like singing and like yelling and bringing signs and stuff so I was really lucky I didn't have to but also I'm excited to play like a show where nobody knows my music 
um, on a different sport tour. But I was really lucky with this one. We always say like that tour was fake because it felt it didn't feel like you're performing to people who don't know your music at all because they did. It was so cool. Yeah. Well, those are sort of all of my questions for you. Um, so thank okay. you for kind of taking the time to. to oh my God! No. Um, thank you hope, for having me. And I hope you have a lovely, lovely August, lovely rest of your summer, and I hope your tour goes really well in October and any new releases. I hope. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. <laughs> I hope I didn't talk too much. <laughs>